Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for today's episode that is, of course, brought to you by our friends over at BuiltBar.com. And today, we are very fortunate to be joined once again by the Bucks legend himself, Marcus Johnson. He was, of course, a four-time All-Star in Milwaukee, three-time All-NBA player. He's number eight. He's up in the rafters. And now, he's an award-winning broadcaster on that Fantastic Fox Sports Wisconsin team that we have with Jim Paschke, Zora Stevenson, Steve Novak, and the crew. If you didn't catch part one of our conversation from yesterday, make sure you go back and listen to that episode. It was a whole lot of fun. But Marcus, I want to transition sort of into the modern day bucks here a little bit, but we could probably do this because I I think there is a a tie-in factor here when you think about the playoff runs that you guys had and uh, repeatedly in the playoffs, a team that consistently was able to win high 40s, 50-plus wins in the regular season. And there was an interesting quote that I, I saw in the last dance last night that sort of stuck with me a little bit. And Michael Jordan said, when you try and do something repetitively, you lose some of the hunger and some of the edge. And I wondered this season, and it was only one season for these Bucks, so clearly motivation you would hope is not going to be an issue. But I always wondered from a player's perspective, from you when you think back to the 80s, how difficult is it to continue to front up and get so close and then realize, okay, we've got this grind again and how that maybe has played into what the Bucs are going through. And even right now, when you consider that they should be playing in the playoffs or, or certainly hope they would. Well, yeah, you know, um, last year was the first year that, well, that was last year, the first year we won a playoff series in a number mm-hmm. of years. I forget. It's, so, I mean, it's not like this team is, has had just a history of, of, of a playoff success in terms of winning series for the last seven, eight years. Last year, there was a newness getting back into the playoffs, finally winning a series for the first time in, you know, almost 20 years or whatever it was, I think early 90s, mid 90s or something like that. But uh, so, so there's a difference there. But for us, when I played, I, I know the, 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 the bitter taste that it leaves to come up just short uh, to watch uh, Dr. J or Larry Bird uh, some of these all-time greats move on and play against the Lakers and Magic in the finals um, year in and year out. So, so it, it does get disheartening at, at, around those days in particular uh, because we, we, we had such success. One year we won 60 games, but then the Celtics won 62 and the Sixers won 62. Uh, we sweep the Celtics one year, and then uh, the Sixers pick up Moses Malone that, 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 that offseason uh, prior to that that that's that season we swept the Celtics and they wound up beating us in five games. I mean, so it was always uh, falling just short to some really great basketball teams and talent. So looking back, I mean, you know, I, I can't really feel any way, but, but uh, pr- proud of the way we competed, but at the time going through it, no, you're right. It, it, it definitely uh, works on your head, plays on your mind. You start to doubt, uh, at times, if you're ever going to be able to have that breakthrough moment, and then the older you get, the window of opportunity goes from a, you know, from a from a from a porthole to a peephole, and um, 
and 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 you know, and you just start to, and then then you you add that for a player like myself. I mean, you know, you you've been there for seven years, six seven years, and and it is just you know, it's just a, so much amount of time that one coach can, and one system and one situation can be effective for players. So so you're right from that standpoint, it's similar. But for these Bucks, current Bucks, they haven't done enough for them to have any sense of complacency or or, or any other emotions other than let's break through and the opportunities will continue to be there because this nucleus is so young. And as long as you got Giannis as, as, as kind of the, the you know, the guy that uh, you, 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 that's your leader, you're going to have a really good chance of, of being an NBA finalist at the least, if not an NBA champion. So one of the pleasures, well, certainly for me anyway, when I get the chance to watch the Fox sports Wisconsin broadcast is listening to you on the call, talk through Giannis's career. He's ascent to an MVP. And in a lot of uh, cases, chasing down some of your records that you've set with the Bucks. How much do you enjoy, the, I guess, the beauty for me of watching Giannis play and, and over the last few years watching him grow into the player he is now and become you know, arguably the best player in the world? Well, it's interesting because it, 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 if, if nothing else, it keeps, it keeps me relevant in Milwaukee you know, <laughs> in terms of, of reminding some of this newer generation of yeah. fans, you know, just kind of how – how effective of a player I was. And I remember a couple of years ago, Giannis was on the verge of breaking my record for 30 point games to start the season. I think it was six back in 1978, uh, 79 season. And, uh, you know, I forgot about that, but that, 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 that uh, caused me to kind of, kind of, you know, look up some of those games and basketball reference and then, you know, just, just kind of, kind of check a little through memory lane. Start, you know, Giannis breaks a rebounding record here or some other kind of record that I might've had. I, you know, I, 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 like I told you, I didn't even know that I was a franchise leader in offensive rebound. I didn't know about the rebounding percentage. So it's not a big deal for me for him to pass me up. But it is a big deal for me to have people just be reminded of or, or be educated on the fact that I was a you know pretty good basketball player and, and deserving of having my, my number up in the rafters like some of the Buck all-time greats do. What do you think we're watching with Giannis? So we spoke about this a little bit on the podcast yesterday. Giannis, like many people, is really locked in to this Jordan documentary. And he tweeted the other day, I'm sure you saw it, about uh, chasing greatness being a lifetime thing that you do. How, I mean, I mean what, are we, what are we watching with this guy? It's remarkable to me when you think back to the first two seasons, the skinny kid that came in. I talked about it yesterday. Averaged 12 points per game over his first three seasons to now what he's become and, and how he continues to improve year after year after you think. How much better can he get? And he continues to prove everyone wrong. Well, I mean, and, and the thing that stands out to me is just the, the sheer amount of force and energy he generates when he's on the floor. And we talk about being a magnet and drawing defenders and all that, but this dude, I mean, when, he, when he's, you know, got it, when he's focused, which is 99.999% of the time, and he's got his mindset on trying to get to the basket or making an impact on a game in some kind of way, I won't, I won't even say just offensively, he just has this ability to, 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 to impact the game in, in, in a myriad of different ways that, that just boggles the mind at times when you watch him play, whether it's, you know, a key block here, great rebound, a, a offensive putback. I mean, I've seen it all with him, a key jump shot, you know, in transition, a steal or whatever it is. Um, you know, Giannis is just, uh, he's got that ability. His, his ability to, 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 to control games the way he does without having – 
the the the, the knockdown three point shot yet. I mean, you know, he's shot shoot the ball better and better. It's still a work in progress though. But uh, but just to be able to control games the way he can from that position is uh, is just so unique of a skill set. And so you say, yeah, well, a lot of guys can you know dunk and jump and run and do, but a lot of guys aren't six eleven get it off the board to one end, push it up the floor, in and out, behind the back, Euro step. I mean, his ability to just get there, you know, get to the cup and, 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 and his, his ability to finish through contact. I mean, all those elements of his game has, have just been uh, a beauty for me to behold as someone who played the game at a high level. And you see the drive and you see the desire for him to continue to get better. This is an MVP we're talking about. I remember one game, uh, and this is when um, the assistant coach, uh, Sean, I don't know, his last name is escaping me right now, but, but Sweeney. Sean, Sean Sweeney. Sean Sweeney was on staff. So it was Jason Kidd. Maybe it may have been Joe Prunty had replaced Jason. I'm not sure exactly. But, but Giannis had had a huge game, scored 40-plus points. I think it might have been Portland or somebody. And we were leaving on the team flight that night to go on a road trip. And Giannis is at the back of the plane. He and Sean Sweeney huddled, huddled over a laptop looking at some of the things Giannis could have done better. Now, most guys, you know, 40-plus point night, win, all those, all those good things, you know, they're, they're thinking about whatever, playing cards, sleeping, doing whatever. But he's over there pouring over film with Sean Sweeney, just trying to figure out how he could have played better that night. And that is kind of um, emblematic of kind of the mindset that Giannis has had. And that's why he's going to continue to – continue to grow his game which is scary to think about when you just look at your numbers alone let me tell you about the great folks over at built bar today's episode of lockdown bucks is brought to you by built bar it's an amazing protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar they have 16 incredible flavors eight chocolate with nut eight chocolate without nut they're soft and easy to chew but most importantly they're great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. And I got to tell you, at this time, when we're in isolation and I'm sitting at home, I'm trying to work out, I'm trying to stay healthy, I'm trying to also do this podcast right, do all the things I want to do. Built Bar is the perfect snack for in between when I'm working, when I'm outside, when I'm doing all the things I need to do to stay healthy during isolation. I can't recommend it high enough. And we've got a special offer for you. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. So your jersey retirement last year for me was one of the, the, and I'm sure for you, it was one of the absolute highlights of last season. Before I ask you about that, I have, to, I have a little conspiracy theory here that I've completely made up myself. Let me be clear about that. There was. Number eight, an Australian <laughs> on the roster at the start of the season. Your jersey went up. I, I just need to clarify that you didn't go into John Hall's office and say, hey, "We we need to get rid of this. We need to get rid of this little little number eight before my jersey goes up." Look, you know, and uh, and I love Delhi. Matthew <laughs> Della Vadova. I've been watching him since his days at St. Mary's, and and you know, with the days with Cleveland, and and uh, so now, I, you know. I, I had nothing to do with with, <laughs> with, with with that happening, but at the same time, you know, I'm glad it did kind of pave the way for me to get my jersey retired. But but I've often told Delhi, I mean, I, you know, I, he's representing that number eight as well as anybody could, just in terms of how hard he plays. And he's a guy with obvious obvious physical limitations as a basketball player, but his, his mental approach to the game is is something that if you're a guy that 
uh, appreciates, you know, guys that play with the hard-nosed edge, Matthew Della would be the captain of that basketball team. So, um, yeah, yeah, I had no issue with Delhi at all wearing number eight. <laughs> I, I do want to ask, though, I know how emotional you were on the day and what a proud day that was for you. But now when you walk back in and you see that and every time you look up, your number is up there, your name is up there. What is that feeling like for a guy like you after? Because it was a long time coming. It was a great feeling. The good thing about it is that from my broadcast position with Jim Paschke at the table, I have to lean a little to my left, a lot to my left to be able to see it. So that's a good thing because I'd just be, yeah, I'd be transfixed on that, uh, you know, number eight up there. Pretty much the whole game would be missing key plays. But, but no, it's, it's a great feeling, man. It's, uh, look, you, you, know, you know, I've had this relationship with the Milwaukee people, with the fans uh, since the 70s when I first came there in Milwaukee. I grew up in Milwaukee. I made my mistakes in Milwaukee. You know, I, I had some of my best moments, some of my worst moments in Milwaukee. And uh, for this to happen last year was a culmination. Kind of a, it's kind of a lifetime achievement award. So when I got back to Milwaukee five years ago to do Buck Games, which I never thought I would, I'd do. I never thought I'd return to Milwaukee to, on any kind of a consistent basis to do anything. I was working a, a, a talk show in L.A., uh, drive time, getting up at 5.30 a.m., uh, not getting up, but being on the air at 5.30 a.m., getting up at 3.30 in the morning to get to the studio. But I still thought, you know, that I would never wind up kind of being back in Milwaukee. But when I got there, uh, just to kind of feel it out, it, it was such a warm feeling and such a feeling of appreciation uh, from the people there. So my, my, my commitment when I got the job five years ago was to, 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 to reach out to the community and do things with organizations like the Running Rebels and and then first stage, uh, which is a dramatic program for inner city youth, uh, just just to be uh, a, a visible part of the community, like I didn't do enough of. I did some of. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, beat myself with, with you know, with the cat of nine tails or whatever. When I was there, I did a lot of stuff for the community when I was there as a player, but didn't hang around in the summers. Went back to L.A., pursued acting, pursued pursued partying and pursued everything else that I was pursuing back in those days. But now it's just a different mindset. So I really believe that this, this is kind of a lifetime achievement gesture that the Bucks uh, bestowed upon me last year, March 24th, when they retired that jersey. And uh, I think that they see that uh, this is a, a person that's matured as he's gotten older and uh, just has, has a different, less selfish, more selfless kind of a mindset. So uh, that's why I appreciate it even more now than I think I would have 20 years ago if it would have happened so we've had i've only got a couple more here i'm, I'm keeping you for far too long but we've we've had zora and jim on the podcast here over the last month or so and they both light up when your name is mentioned and you've brought such passion and enjoyment to the broadcast since you've come back you've spoke about what that meant to you how enjoyable has this phase been for you and being able to watch this great bucks team and the first couple of years they were they were a team that was on the rise but particularly watching this team now win as many games as they are and, and be a genuine contender. Did you ever imagine you would be back in this spot? No, man. I mean, you know, and it was good. It was good. And look, I'm not a Jason Kidd hater like a lot of, you know, a lot of Milwaukee people are. I thought Jason Kidd, I still do. I think, he, you know, this was his, what, second kind of team after the, uh, with the, the, the Brooklyn team, the Nets that he was leading. But, but, but for me, um, you know, I thought Jason had some good ideas. I mean, he's a guy that, that put the ball in Giannis's hands and kind of had him look at the floor as a point guard so that we can all be grateful for that. Now, uh, on the flip side, yeah, I mean, he wasn't into, you know, three-point shooting and, and, and kind of advanced analytics like like uh, this coaching staff we have today is. So, 
uh, a change was definitely uh, 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 something that I think we all understood when it happened. But uh, this coaching staff with Coach Budenholzer and his approach and his holistic approach to coaching in terms of, you talked about Don Nelson and, and, and Greg Popovich and, not, and not, not, not forging a relationship with players like Pop did. Well, Mike Budenholzer is from that Pop school of, of, yeah. of having, uh, you know, uh, break bread nights on the road. And it's usually after a game that, you know, an Indiana Pacer game or a tough game, San Antonio game that, that we might wind up losing or at least having a tough time winning. And so they do that four or five times a year. So anyway, my, my point is, is that, that it's just been a real pleasure to watch Coach Budenholzer, who has a lot of elements of John Wooden, my old coach at UCLA, in terms of how he works with players. Coach Wooden used to say, you know, you, you handle horses, you work with players. And his coaching staff, their daily vitamins, the 30 minutes they, they put aside each day to, 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 to get to know these players, to forge a bond with these guys. It's a whole different approach in terms of relationships with players that – I think is a cut above uh, other NBA franchises. And I think we're seeing the results of that. And for me to be able to sit front row center and watch this stuff unfold as a coaching approach, a teaching approach, a relationship approach, uh, approach with players. It's just, for a guy like me, my, my dad was a high school coach. You know, I played for Willie West, the greatest coach in, in, in California history at Crenshaw High School. Played for John Wooden at UCLA. Played for Don Nelson. I played for some great coaches. And to watch this guy, Mike Budenholzer, kind of do his thing, he's, uh, he's right, right in that same conversation with some of, the, some of these all-time greats that I've been around. So it's really been a fantastic ride that is, is just far from reaching, you know, its zenith. We still got some growing to do as, as, as an organization, as a team. And um, um, that's one of the, you know, downsides about this season being disrupted as it has been at this point. And we'll see how it plays out. But it's just been a fun ride for me being a part of this organization, especially these last two seasons with Coach Bud. Uh, you talk about growing. And I can't let you go without asking about one player in particular, Dante DiVincenzo. I, I know from the broadcast that I have watched that you enjoy the way this guy goes about it. You talk about guys that attack the, the glass and have those high rebounding percentages, high offensive rebounding percentages. He's been one of them. Injury-hampered rookie season. I don't think many people could have predicted the impact he was going to have for this team. He's a, you talk about advanced analytics. He's an absolute darling in those categories. What do you see from him moving forward? And did you expect that he could become this impactful this quickly didn't really know what to expect coming into this year you saw flashes of it last year even though as a rookie he he did have uh some injuries that that that, that, that hampered his consistency but with Dante the thing that I love about him most and I've said it on, on during broadcasts you know his superpower is kind of weak side invisibility he's able to just kind of lay in the cut on defense and, and come up with steals and deflections out of nowhere and uh, it's almost like he just, you know, he just blends into the background. You know, the opposition doesn't see him. And so that, that's an element I love. And also this year when he's doing a much better job of this season than he did last year is just kind of finishing around the basket. And I think that just comes with, with, with more confidence, uh, with, with uh, weight training, getting, getting a little bit stronger, understanding uh, that you've got to be able to absorb that first bang, bump, going to the basket and play through, play through the contact. And then he's always shown – this picture-perfect form on his jump shot, even though the percentages might not have been as uh, consistently high as we would have liked last year, 
you knew eventually watching him shoot the lift he gets on his jumper, the, the, the form he has, the release, the rotation, that it's a thing of beauty to watch. So he is, uh, he is uh, quickly becoming uh, uh, just a fan favorite and a, and, a, and a broadcaster's favorite because he's made a, he's made a positive in- impact. I mean, we, started, you know, we started off the season struggling a bit, getting out the gate, and then yeah. when he started putting in Dante and, and you know, going a little bit uh, more, more active live legs, that's when things started to turn a bit for this team uh, this last season. And so that gives you an idea of the impact that Dante has had on basketball games. All right, last question here. And this is very broad, and I understand that. But when I get the chance to speak to someone like you and hear the passion that you have for talking about basketball in the past, basketball in the present, what is, what is the game? If someone was to ask you, what does the game of basketball mean to you? What has it meant to you? How, how would you answer that question? Wow, man. Well... I mean, it, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a connection to some of the best moments of my life. And that, that starts with, um, you know, as a young, young boy, I, I played finger basketball in the, high, in the hallways of my home in South Central at seven or eight years old, where I, where I would cut out box scores from the, you know, the 65 Celtics against the, against the Sixers <laughs> and Dave Gamby and Havlicek and I'd do my Chick Hearn voice as I would broadcast the game and Jerry West goes up 25 footer guy, don't get it, I'll off the <laughs> you know, up and down. My, I had my fan noise, you know, I had my fan noise and everything and, and I would do that for hours. And so just that, that love, that passion, my dad kind of had a, was a big part in kind of instilling that in me. Uh, in terms of uh, you know exposure, he was a high school coach. I'd go to his high school game, sit on the bench next to him at three years old. Now, I don't remember a whole lot of this, but I really believe it. It played a part in just developing that love for the game. And then during timeouts and during like quarter breaks, I would dribble a basketball up and down the floor for the fans. This is in Natchitoches, Louisiana, and they would just go crazy uh, with me dribbling up and down the floor. So, you know, it, 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 you start off at three years old getting that kind of adulation from, from, from doing things with a basketball it kind of builds, builds from there. So it's a special connection. It's a, it's a bond. It's a love. It's a love affair. Um, you know, it's funny. I always, uh, my, my wife tells me, you know, and she always gets on my case because I always tell her about this recurring <laughs> dream I have about I'm trying to catch the bus to go to a game or, or catch the bus to do something and, and I can't find my shoes or I have, a mismatched, <laughs> I, have a, I have a mismatched pair of shoes, but it always <laughs> centers around basketball and, um, yeah, so I mean, it, 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 it's a, it's a it's a great love affair, and 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 those of us who've had the good fortune to play it at the highest levels, uh, and and to play it well, I mean, it's just no, it's just no way to 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 properly uh, to convey just how special those moments are when you're locked in and your shot is falling, and you're going up and down the floor, and the crowd is into it, and then you're on national TV, and it's a big-time playoff, and Julius Irving's across from you, or Larry Bird is across from you. I mean, those are, 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 those are moments, man, that uh, are irreplaceable and, and some of the most special moments of my life. Well, seriously, Marcus, uh, uh, we can wrap it up there, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time today. You are one of the all-time greats of the Milwaukee Bucks, and as you said, now crossing – from those generations into the new generations that get to hear your story and find out about how good you were on the court. But this was a long time coming. I'm glad we got time to catch up and I appreciate it. All right, man, let's do it again sometime. I appreciate it. Thank you.